The word of God that comes to us today is from Ephesians 5. Anything that becomes light, anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and upon you will shine the Christ. You may be seated. Grace, mercy, and peace be to all of you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, Today, we'll look at our shortest passage, our shortest reading, which is Ephesians chapter 5. And Paul tells us right out who we are. And from there, he tells us, hey, because this is who you are, maybe this is how you can live. And how can you get the strength to do that? He will also show us today. So this is a challenge for us. This text that we're going to look at today only makes sense for for some of us. For some people who have been transferred out of darkness and into light, This text might be confusing for some of us who are still groping and searching. Um, And so that's not a bad place to be. If you know you've transferred and you know that something has happened to you, it's a time to rejoice. If you are here and you're searching and you're not sure yet, that's okay. Because Jesus comes and he comes to open our eyes. So wherever, wherever you come from, it's a good place to be. God is here with us today. Let's look at our text. Paul tells us an amazing contrast. Take a look at verse 8. It says this, At one time you were, what's it say? Does it say you were in darkness? No, it says one time you were darkness. That's even, and then he says, now you are light in the Lord. That's an amazing contrast. Uh, Some of the other contrasts in this book is he talks about once you were dead, now you're alive. Once you were far away, Now you're citizens of the kingdom. He'd said before, once you didn't know you were in ignorance, now you have knowledge of God. He said at one time, your your mind was darkened, and now your mind is enlightened. The eyes of your heart are enlightened. That's who he's talking to. He's talking to Christians who have had an experience of not just getting better, but getting transformed, right? And he says that at one time, you were darkness. And to all of us, that kind of hurts. Jesus, you're talking about me? Where is the darkness closest to it, to us? Is it out there? The systems of evil? Yeah, they're out there. The, uh, the injustice that's out there, the evil that happens in the world, the natural disasters, all those things are evil. But we know where the evil is the closest, and that's our own hearts, right? Paul insults us here, but he tells us the truth. At one time, you were darkness, and then... Other places he describes darkness as, as at being, uh, I'll give you four D words. Uh, my friend Dan likes to come up with the word debauchery. That's not one of these. Uh, but the, the word um, depraved, which means just crooked. That's what it means to be in darkness. Deceived, and you don't know it. Um, dead spiritually, and then also um, destined for destruction. That's a bad place to be. That is not... God was not okay with that, which is why he sent Jesus to to reconcile us. So at one time we were darkness, but then he says, you are light. That's a big difference, isn't it? Now, most of us, we all live here in Buffalo, and it's not very bright here. It's like we get like, what, four days of sunshine a year? Uh, Actually, I went to, I'll tell this quick story. I went to Ireland uh, in 1994, and the first three days I was there, it was sunny. And then it got cloudy, and then the people said, oh, that was a nice summer. Because that's all they get, the three days of sun, sunshine a year. Um, so we appreciate light, don't we, when we get it, right? 
Paul says, you are the light. Now, that's a big difference, darkness and light. Light overpowers the darkness, right? Like in the morning, it's just, it's not going to stay dark. It's going to get light. The light just vanishes the darkness, right? We just know that, you know. So this is, Paul's talking to people who have had an experience. So I want to, I want to, I want you to think, we're going to walk through this passage just briefly, but I want you to think, because I know many of you are in one of two places. One, you've had this experience, and your biggest desire, if you've had this experience of transferring out of darkness into light, the biggest thing you want is for the people you love, the people you know, to also have this experience of light. You want nothing else than for your loved ones to also experience this. And some of you you come along for the ride or you're, you're trying and you're not, it, it doesn't yet quite make sense, right? So just to back up a little bit, the, the Gospel of John gives us an example what it, what it means to transfer from this place of darkness to a place of light. You can flip it, it's a long section, we won't look at all of it, but the, the story of the man who was born blind, how he changed, right? Jesus comes to him, who has been suffering for his whole life, born blind. And at that time, everyone thought, well, it's because your parents or you, you had sinned, you know, even as an infant or whatever. That's just what they did. They, they pointed fingers like that. But Jesus says, no, it's so the, the work of God can be shown in you, which, by the way, is an, an answer for all of our suffering, that the work of God might be done in us to show us his mercy It's not the only answer, but it is part of the answer. So anyway, think of this man. He starts literally blind. What does Jesus do? The same thing the creator did in the beginning. He took mud and saliva, in a sense, put it on his his eyes, and he goes, and he said, go to the pool that's called Scent. And the man goes there, and you see a picture of this on your bulletin. He goes and washes his face, and and now he can see. So here's the, the physical wow, now he can see the light. Think of that for a moment. If that was you, like, can you imagine how happy you would be if you had never seen and all of a sudden there's a whole new realm of life? Wouldn't that be awesome? That would be so awesome. And that's the, we'll see that in a spiritual sense that also happens to this man. It's, it's harder to understand, but we can all understand what it would be like to lose our sight and to see it again. This man, it happens to him spiritually. So how does it happen to him spiritually? Well, he becomes to see who Jesus is. At first, who does he think Jesus is? Take a look at, uh, we'll be quick here. Verse 11, they ask him, how are your eyes open? And he says, who healed him? Verse 11, the man, the man called Jesus. So for some of us, we just have to acknowledge there was a man called Jesus who actually walked on this planet, right? Right? And then he learns more about him. Verse 17, he says, who is this guy? He's asked again. He said, he is a prophet. In other words, he tells the truth. He tells the truth from God. That's a whole other stage to go from Jesus existed to Jesus is a good teacher. He speaks everything that's true. You all agree with that? That makes sense. He doesn't stop there, though. Uh, it's a little convoluted, but uh, his parents are in this situation where they don't want to be thrown out of the synagogue. 
for saying that Jesus is the Christ. Because some people are obviously starting to say, Jesus is the Messiah, the anointed one from God. And so when we get down to verse 23, the man says, if this man were not from God, he could do nothing. And in the context, it means he is from God. He is the Messiah. So this man, is, the guy has gone, he was a man, he existed. Then he goes to, he's a prophet, he, he's a good teacher. And then he goes to, he is from God, he is the Christ. Is he done? No, there's another step that he's going. He ends up speaking what he knows is true and getting in trouble, getting thrown out of the synagogue, which in those days is a big deal, right? Uh, and then Jesus finds him. And Jesus says, do you believe in the Son of Man? Now we think of Son of Man as just like, oh, it's like he's calling himself a guy. But Son of Man in that context is higher elevation than to say Son of God. Son of God would be to say he's a king. He's a, a prince. He is going to sit on God's throne. But to say Son of Man, that comes from Daniel chapter 7. That means he's the one in glory who will reign forever in God's presence. So when Jesus says, do you believe in the Son of Man, he is going way beyond prophet, even way beyond Christ, to the one who will reign forever, that all heaven and earth will worship forever. And the man says, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Think of the transition. Not only his eyes able to see physically, but his heart was able to see spiritually. What a change, right? That's a pretty awesome thing. That's what it means when Paul says to us in, in Ephesians chapter 5, at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. At one time you didn't know who Jesus was, but now he has opened your eyes, right? So that's where we find ourselves. So that is you. If you believe in Jesus, you are now light, and if you're groping in the dark, well, he has come, he has come with good news for you because he wants to open your eyes too. So we won't spend too much time on this because, uh, frankly, I was ill the last couple days and I didn't delve into this. I read it a lot, but my mind was mush. So I'll just briefly take a look here. So that's the, the contrast, darkness, light. There's a couple of commands. Since you are light, this is how you ought to be. Take a look. First commandment is this in verse 8. Walk as children of light. And after a parenthesis, it says, and try to discern or prove what is pleasing to the Lord. Does Paul give us enough information so we know what is pleasing to the Lord? Absolutely. Lots. So it's not try to figure out what God's will is. It's more among your friends and family, try to prove what is pleasing to the Lord. In other words, try to live out what is pleasing to the Lord. And he just told us what's pleasing to the Lord in the sense of the characteristics. What is light like? What does it make? He says, the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. Right? So I'll let you think about those things. But this is what God wants to do in your life, is have you live out a life where you're full of goodness, full of righteousness, and full of truth. Are we there yet? No. Are, is it a challenge that that's what we're called to? Yes. Will it have an impact? Yes. I planted some peas in my greenhouse about a week ago. Uh, some sugar snap peas. I'd love to share them with you. Here's the thing. I live in Buffalo, and it's not sunny here. 
So I planted them and maybe, just maybe if the sun starts to shine, I'll start seeing some, you know, some green things shoot up. Right now, all I see is some, some old thorn, you know, weeds coming through. It's like, what? Planted the peas and I'm praying that if there's enough light, boom, these things will grow, right? And that's how it is with us. We are called to be light and we pray for our friends and family that just by God's power, it grows. They grow. Does that make sense? I don't know. That was a, like I said, <laughs> never mind. Moving on. Um, so that, that's the characteristics of light. Goodness, righteousness, truth. We're called to, called to uh, prove what is pleasing to the Lord, to, to shine our light among others. Not, not in a way that's moralistic or prudish or strict, but in a way that's full of joy. You know, think of the characteristics of light. Who would love to go suntanning right now? Right? You'd all like, oh, just even just, even me, who I, I don't like sunshine too much because I've had cancer, I would love to go out in the sun right now, right? It just, it feels good. It, it makes you healthier. It cleanses, it radiates, uh, gives you a suntan. That's how we ought to be. Something that people want, not something that drives people away. Okay, and then lastly, you can, you can decide how this can be lived out. There's a negative command, verse 11. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things they do in secret. So you're called as light to live a certain way. And lastly, verse 13. When anything, and this is, this is the, the hope for us. This is something I want you to latch on to. When anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Now, scientifically, I don't think Paul is accurate. Anything that becomes visible is light. He doesn't just mean everything that becomes visible you can now see. He literally says everything that becomes visible, everything that's in the light becomes light. It's almost like electricity. You flip a switch and all everything in parallel, is this right, Ken? Everything gets turned on, right? It's sort of like us at, at these vigils where we have a candle and we pass it to someone else and, and you pass it and pass it. Before you know it, light spreads. That's what he says. That's what he means. This is the hope that your light would spread. Is it you? No, it's from Jesus. But the light of Christ in you would spread. And then Paul ends with a quote, a quote of a hymn that we don't know where it came from. Probably just something they sang in church when someone was brought into the church when they were baptized. And it's something he reminds them of for themselves, live as light, but also something that that light that is spreading, that the other folks would also come and receive this. It's a beautiful one. Let's, let's read it. It says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. That is the baptismal promise, the promise that Christ comes with his light to make us alive. And so many of us yearn for those that we love to walk in this. We can't. We can't make it happen. Right? You can't control your loved ones. You can ask them to come to church. You can tell them about Jesus. But ultimately, it is up to the light of God in you getting transferred to them. Right? And the way that happens is through his word, 
and possibly through you living out a light type of life. So, in the grace of God, walk in your baptism that others might as well. In the name of Jesus, amen.